Hello, everyone, and welcome to War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. Coming to you, as always, from deep within the Outer Rim, far beyond the watchful eyes of the Galactic Empire. My name is John Mark Tolley, and joining me, as always, uh, apparently from Mustafar, it is the one, the only... Garrett K. Jones. That's right. Hydrating is... Yeah, stay hydrated, dude. Dude, seriously, like, yesterday... I made the mistake of coming home and having like a large Dr. Pepper. Mm-hmm. That was the biggest mistake because oh. I ended up putting myself into a heat, uh, like a heat exhaustion and uh, yeah, yeah. had I a did. headache. I started getting achy and I ended up like crashing out at like 930 last night. I was, I uh, did oh, that I was, once when I was younger in Florida I was in the middle. It was Central Florida, and I did, drank nothing but pop, but pop all all day. Oh. And we were at the. It was a, a glass bottom boat area, and had like alligator alligators there you could do. And I remember waiting in line to go on the glass bottom boat and passing out <laughs> uh, from heat exhaustion, just completely <laughs> okay. just blacking. Oh, and weird. yeah, yeah. So I I I feel your pain. Uh, anyway, well, we are here today. Um, we're kind of continuing from last week, but from to quote Obi Wan Kenobi, a different point of view. Uh, we're looking at the New Republic as it was portrayed in the uh, Legends. Uh, last week, we looked more at the canon history of the rise and fall of the New Republic. And this year we're looking at um, the New Republic in Legends. And the first time it's mentioned is actually in the uh, what the, the book that kind of kickstarted the Legends, which is, of course, Heir to the Empire. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of get a glimpse of that the rebellion has kind of morphed into this New Republic and that uh, Mon Mothma is in charge of it. I believe she's in charge of it this time. I'm pulling it up right now because I'm looking at Area of the Empire. I actually haven't read. I've, I've only read um, the second volume, which was Dark Force Rising, where, mm. uh, it, where Thrawn is looking for the, uh, the, the, oh, uh, the fleet. Yeah, Dreadnought fleet. Yeah, the dreadnoughts. Yeah, yeah, and so that one took a completely different angle from what Air of the Empire does. But yeah, um, so yeah, it um, yeah, it takes place just a few five years. years. Five years, yeah, five years where uh, Return of the Jedi le- leaves off, and um, it is uh, yeah, the the New Republic is. Barely starting out. I was reading through. There was a, a series of books that came out in the 2010s that dealt with the New Republic era. Is is before di- they were print, published before the, the the Disney era took over, and uh-huh. it deals with the after effects of this. Like um, they uh, they were dealing with who. Um, the the fell empire so there, there was an imperial mm. remnant that that was 
operating as a political agency. They were they the Fells were the um, under Jagged Fell. They were they were the uh, predominant um, heirs of this new imperial remnant. And then um, you had the New Republic operating aside from that, and they were trying to during that whole series they were trying to bridge some kind of uh, political arrangement that would be mutually beneficial. But, yeah, yeah, um, but yeah. So there's been like various versions throughout the can throughout the at least the expanded universe canon that mm -hmm. has you know uh, as far as the the new republic and how it looks. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know that like from from what I remember reading is you know you have immediately after Endor. Um, you have kind of some mopping up, you know, work. And then I believe it was right after the capturing of Coruscant, mm -hmm. uh, where they officially declare the new Republic. Um, yes. You know, that was kind of what they were wanting to do. They were wanting to capture the capital and, you know, to give them some legitimacy, you know, I'm I'm looking here on Wikipedia, and first of all, they were initially con considered a confederacy from uh, from about four ABY to six point five ABY, and then they became a parliamentary federal republic, moving forward until they were completely destroyed in twenty eight ABY by the the Vong. Right. Yeah. Well, and and this is considering the this is the legends, not what's considered canon. Yeah. Canon being yeah. what's in the films and the books published under Disney. Yes. Um, you know, after, uh, you know, what was it? 2011, 2012. I believe so. Yes. Yes. Um, which, which is interesting. Cause like they had five, they had five capitals. Uh, Endor was one of them. Surprisingly. Uh, Coruscant, Dasucha five, which was the de facto, Nespus eight, which was also de facto, and Dak, which is the homeworld of Moncala and the uh, and Quarren. the Quarrens. Right. Um, they use uh, they use a an alliance credit uh, for the initial onset, but then the currency changed to the Galactic Credit Standard or Republic Batteries. Um, and the religious body was the New Jedi Order. Hmm. One the one thing I find di different between the I find interesting with the difference between the 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 new canon and legends is the the Republic military. Uh, in legends, the Republic kept the military and kept it strong, um, very strong, in fact, um, because they were still fighting the Empire. You still yeah. had that ongoing war, um, but it just flipped. It kind of flipped on its head, where it was now the the empire. Were the, oh, are you there? Hold on, I just had some music pop up on my screen, and I just went haywire. Oh. Sorry about that. Oh no, it's fine. All of a sudden, an ad just starts playing for oh. no reason. <laughs> ads probably gonna get dinged on that one <laughs> like i didn't hear anything on my end oh that's good yeah thank god uh but no the um <laughs> you know it was interesting how the 
in Legends, the dichotomy kind of flipped with the with the war between the Empire and the Galactic Civil War, where it was the Empire doing a lot of the hit and run tactics, using some of the same tactics that the Rebels would use. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I mean, the Empire at this time period, I thought, think is just so fascinating because you have, you know, right off the bat, you see, you see the, the unity that ironically that the Emperor brought, you know, without the Emperor there, everything just collapse, collapses. You, I mean, you mm. still have the Empire, but you have all these different factions now, you know, almost without with the shackles have been taken off of them. And now they feel like, oh, I can move up to the ultimate spot and take control. So you have like, um, who did you? Well, even before Thrawn, you had... Um, Yazin Yazin Izard, um, director of Imperial Intelligence. Yeah. Um, you had all these uh, Warlord Zinig, Zinage, uh, taking taking control of different factions of the Empire. You have other warlords kind of pop up, and you know, kind of try and get a piece of the pie while at the same time. Also trying to fight this burgeoning new republic, and then on the other hand, you had the new republic who's trying to set up a government, set up laws, set up, you know all you know a constitution, all this stuff, while still dealing with this imperial remnant who's out there causing trouble. Yeah, and well, and the the thing that was really interesting is that as the just from what i i remember because i didn't read a lot of the legends books uh, other than um one or two novels and so like my first interaction with the new republic was uh like i said in dark force rising um yeah. and there's not a whole lot of the political stuff going on i know that at one point um they um there was a a group of there's like a, a race of like cat like aliens that um that Leith wanted to um she wanted to work with she wanted to partner mm. with, uh, politically and economically and um i don't really remember much of the story and so that kind of that yeah kind of leaves me in a bit of a lurch because i haven't read the book in like 30 years yeah um and i in in order to get a clear picture i'd have to go back i'd have to read through air of the empire um and then read through dark force rising and then what was the the, the... uh it was uh, air of the empire dark force rising and the last command right the last command and so i'd have to go through and read those in in depth because you know because my experiences with the new republic are limited to whatever i've seen in graphic novel form or mm -hmm. in like brief images you know from the sequel trilogy mm -hmm. um and it, it it's kind of weird yeah. though like like i mean we talked about from the from the canon side of things last week with you know the the how 
the new Republic kind of rose and fell. Um, and just the lack of preparation, like they didn't even consider that they could be taken down from within. They didn't consider the fact that, that the Imperial remnant, whatever was left, uh, would have the force enough to really be a threat. Yeah. Like they completely underestimated it. Like they made the same mistakes and use the same amount of hubris that Palpatine and the empire did with regards to the rebel Alliance. Yeah. Um, and it's like, it's like, you're not too big to fail. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I think you see, you don't quite see that within legends, you know, the, and I don't, you, you could kind of, I mean, they do go back and explain, you know, kind of, tell through the through other books kind of the mm -hmm. the history of the new republic but it seems like almost from the beginning the new republic kind of comes out fully formed like yeah there's no baby steps it's just here's the new republic um and that could be a good thing or a bad thing but um because you don't really get to see see its infancy and see how it grew it just kind of is there right um, and, and, I mean, we're seeing some of the development in like you know episodes of the Mandalorian, but even still, that's like it's very little. Um, or yeah, it's already kind of self-established because you know we're at this point where it's like because the Mandalorian starts you know six years after the events of Return of the Jedi, and so you already have things that are established, but we don't see the background there. It's like, well, it's great that this is how things are now, but what steps were taken to get there? Yeah. And I mean, I think it's interesting. We say, you know, the rise, you know, the fall of the New Republic. But if you look at the timeline, the New Republic outlived the Empire by 20 years. Just about, yeah. Yeah. You know, so it was, I mean, in many ways, it, I mean, if you're looking at it was a bigger success than the, than the Empire. You know, it, it twice as long, you know, 40, if you yeah. take, you know, 40 years, um, you know, nothing like the, the, the Republic and the old, and even before that, the old Republic. Right. Um, yeah. So. I, it's, it's, I don't know. It's one of those, one of those political parties, like there is so much more, it feels like the lore of star Wars just feels far more in uh invested in what used to be like mm -hmm. there's there's far more invested in the old republic there's far more invested in the the rise and fall of you know various lords all this history which is great but what happens in the interim what happens in between these these stories because we're not getting that yeah. like i mean you know, one of my biggest questions, um, you know, just as a, a casual, you know, when I was just a casual viewer, as I became more and more of a fan of the original of the original trilogy is like, how does Darth Vader go from knowing nothing about Luke Skywalker other than he's a pilot and he's a force sensitive to knowing his name by Empire Strikes Back? There's no explanation for that. I mean, yeah. sure you know as as information spreads to the 
the empire, you know, rebel heroes are going to become more well known. Sure. Yeah. But that's one of those things. Like if you're, if you're part of the rebel Alliance and you know, you've got top agents, you don't want, you don't want your enemy to know who those agents are. are. Even if they are official, you know, they're like official officers in your, in your military. Well, they actually had a graphic novel that answered that question of how yes, Vader found out. Yes, with the uh, that whole scene where he's on the bridge of the Star Destroyer and just cracks the window when he hears the name. Right, but that oh. that graphic novel was it's it's Star Wars Volume One, uh, but it was put out by Marvel just in the last seven or eight years, and so the uh, the fact that we had to wait until 2015 or so yeah. to get that to get that issue and to see that information um, that it, it feels a little late because it's, it almost feels like it's a retcon. It's like, this yeah. is one of those things that George Lucas just kind of left on the cutting room floor. We're going to fill in that gap with our own little DNA sequence and make kind of a hodgepodge monster of it. Just like Jurassic park would do. Yeah. Franchises. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what do you think of of the difference between and which one do you think, just kind of knowing what had come before with the the, the fall of the Republic, the rise of the Empire, and then the New, New Republic with the military, which do you think was the, the more realistic response from who was in charge and which one do you think was the better response? The demilitarization that we see in Canon or the actually more of the building up of the military and the strengthening of the military. I think, I think from legends, it would, it would have to be the building up and the strengthening of the military. And, mm-hmm. and, and here's why, because like you look at, let's take, let's take a page out of history. You look at, um, the fledgling United States as going from the colonies to being an actual nation. We fought the revolutionary war. We've made alliances with the French, um, which have seemingly been, you know, lasting for several years up through modern history. But when we, when the war was done, we didn't disband our military. We didn't, we didn't get rid of it. Mm-hmm. We didn't send it out to the fringes of our territories. We kept it close and we built it up. Why? Because Britain still had the lar- one of the largest naval fleets in the world. The only mm-hmm. other country that had a larger, more dominant naval fleet was Spain. And Spain did not have the time to be doing anything. Right. All right. I mean, I, I can see that, but I also see the, from the viewpoint of, let's say, someone like a, a Mon Mothma or someone like a, you know, you know, any of the other leaders who had been around for the, both the Clone Wars and the Galactic Civil War. And you compare that to some of the leaders from uh, world leaders in Europe during the, at the beginning of the Second World War. Um you know, these leaders had seen, they, they'd gone through the Clone Wars, they'd gone mm-hmm. through the Galactic Civil War, and they'd seen all this death and destruction. And much like the leaders of 
and the uh, early part of the Second World War, many of them had been in the trenches of the First World War, and they'd seen the death and destruction. They all thought the same thing. We will do whatever it takes to make sure this doesn't happen. If that means, and for I think for for these you know leaders in the New Republic, it was let's just let's just get rid of all the weapons of war, and hopefully we won't have to fight another war. Which is not very smart thinking, but that could have been their mentality of we've seen too much death, we've seen too much destruction. Let's just, you know, well, yeah, I, so yeah. like, take let's let's go back to your historical reference to World War One and World War Two. Yeah. Um, let's take a look at France. Okay? Yeah. Okay, France is one of those those European nations that it 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 demobilized its soldiers. They reintegrated into, into civil society uh, after 1918. And they pretty much did away with, I mean, they had a lot of veterans movements. They wanted to make sure that their veterans were, were represented and were recognized for their contributions, but they dismantled anything that would have, that would have helped them retain autonomy because in less than 20 years germany comes steamrolling into france and pretty much takes over the country yeah the french are allowed to continue ruling themselves but they had to deal with a german occupation they didn't have the military force to really fight back it all started off as pockets of rebellion um hint hint uh, until they finally had an official fighting force, an official military. But by that point, the the, the British were already fighting. And by 1941, the, the Americans were having to come in and rescue France because they disbanded their own military and yeah. practically invited the Germans in. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you you almost see that with the cannon, with, you know you have these elements kind of sneaking in from that are that are allied or friendly to the the first order and kind of you know destroying it from the inside and you you see that in book you know book, a few episodes of book of boba fett and you're starting to see it in the mandalorian too yeah um so um yeah it's just it's i think it's interesting because like you look at you look at the two different versions and you have like you have the legends version which you know coming out of wartime and and whatnot with all that conflict you have a political body that is cognizant of the dangers posed by any remnants of their enemy and so they keep the military active. They are prepared for engagement should that be necessary. Yeah. But then you look at what the canon has done, uh, especially under the under the Disney banner. And it's this is one of those situations where like the writers and producers are putting their own their own ideals. Mm in place of what would be a realistic 
and logical or common sense response. So, I mean, you have this government that's like, oh, we're a government of peace. Well, that's great that you're a government of peace. But the problem is, you know, if you want peace, you have to prepare for war. Um, it, this is where the where the Latin sic vis pacem parabellum comes in, into play. If that's where that 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 uh, the axiom comes from is if you want peace, war is going to at some point be a necessity. You're going to have to fight to defend that peace, whatever that looks like. Um, and in the case of the canonized version of the New Republic, they weren't willing to do that. They sat there, they rested on their peaceful laurels, which is fine, but they were ill-prepared and they allowed for the imperial remnant that remained to build up into the First Order and build yet again another Death Star. Yeah. And it's like, this is one of those things that you guys should have been paying attention to. Because yeah. turning an entire planet into a planet killer is like that can't go unnoticed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we are coming close to the end of our uh, time here. Um, so any, any final thoughts as we wrap up? Um, no, not really. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm holding out hope that the Ahsoka series coming out in another week, two weeks will be awesome. I'm looking forward to that. Um, if if anything, it'll be good to see something. I'm hoping it doesn't tank like some of the more recent shows have. I mean, Andor was great, but you know, Book of Boba Fett was weak. The third season of Mandalorian was weak, and yeah. um, so I'm I'm hoping that this is a better use of the production that they that you know yeah. Disney and Luke film have been putting in but yeah but that's about uh, it yeah well then why don't you tell the fine folks out there where they can find you at absolutely you guys can find me on instagram and well it's now x it's no longer twitter um although i've been kind of bridging the two i'm calling it twix, twix. um right or left either they're both the same uh, they're chocolate <laughs> they're caramel they're cookie they're delicious um <laughs> I don't discriminate. Blasphemy. Um, uh, you guys can find me on social media at underscore or at GKJ underscore publishing, uh, where I talk about my books. I talk about writing. Um, I do. I've been doing a lot of uh, Star Trek memes because they're really funny. Uh, my best friend loves it because they're they're all puns and it's driving me insane because I've now appreciated those dad jokes. Um, you can also find me on YouTube. Season six of my show, The Right Way, kicks off in October. I'm on hiatus right now, but we had a great season finale on the 29th of July, and you guys can get caught up by going to that channel, uh, GKJ Publishing, and getting caught up on The Right Way. Awesome. As for us right now, of course, you can uh, email us. That is the best way to get a hold of us. Uh, Gmail uh, Gmail.com. War of the Stars one at gmail.com. That is also our X Twitter, whatever it's called now, handle yep. uh, at War of the Stars one. Other, all other social medias are under War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. You can also check us out 
wherever podcasts are heard, wherever you listen to podcasts, just type in War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast, and you should find us there. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash War of the Stars. And as always, remember, this is not just my Star Wars. This is not just your Star Wars. This is our Star Wars. Until next time, may the force be with you. This is the way.